Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. This is the fourth uh, message concerning the barriers in the book of Acts that was overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel. We've gone through the chapters and and we've come close to the end of the book of Acts, and it is an amazing book. If you've never read it that way, of seeing the power of the gospel through the Holy Spirit's ministry to overcome barriers, read it, look at those, and I think you'll be blessed. This is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper. And Nathan, uh, the book of Acts is a book of victory, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um I know we're wanting to get to the uh, the very last uh, word in the book of Acts today, but you know, in case we don't, it's un- it's unhindered. You know, that's the that's Amen. the victory of the gospel over all barriers. Um, and so, you know, that's something to be um, just uh, I don't know, rejoice in, and and um, because you know what, it, it's that gospel has come to us. You know, where we can believe. And we can know Jesus and we can follow him. And then we can be sent out just like Paul, you know, and making disciples of, of the nations that um, God puts in our path. So um, it, it's a wonderful book. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a history book, yes, but it's good to see it as like living history, you know. Amen. I, I love, well, you and I both love history. So we would be fascinated just for that, but it adds to it because it is the truth of God's word. Well, we've talked about Paul on his first missionary journey. And on the second one, he and Silas went out and they overcame some obstacles. But now they return home. And this is in chapter 18. And it says they returned home. And it says that when he, this is verse 22. And when he landed in Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. After he had spent some time there, he departed, went over to the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order to strengthen the disciples. Now, it doesn't say much between this one and the other one. There was a good bit between the first one and the second one. But the between the second journey and the third journey, it seemed not a lot of, of exciting things happened that Luke would report. But when he launches out, he launches out. And he comes, notice what it says there, strengthening the disciples. Uh, Paul wasn't just interested in introducing people to Christ. He was interested in them growing in Christ, wasn't he? Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, he took the commission of Jesus to make disciples. He took that seriously. He didn't uh, leave it incomplete with uh, just uh, making converts. And, uh, you know, I think Paul knew as well as anyone, you know, the difference between a convert to Christ and a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, that was, that, that's what we are to be about is making disciples. And, um, you know, we've, we've confused that, unfortunately. And, 
you know, that's why, uh, just to be blunt, our churches are, are filled with very immature uh, believers. They might they might go to heaven when they die, but they're not living uh, much difference here on this earth uh, before before they pass. So it's, um, you know, that's that's the result of us preaching an incomplete gospel. You know, we we know you can be saved in in Jesus, uh, but you're also to follow Him and 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 really to become like Christ is the is the real goal. Ephesians makes it plain where His workmanship created unto good works, and those good works is a lifestyle. It's living it. It's being seen. So the first example that is given is a man called Apollos. I love what it said. He's one of my favorite characters that doesn't get a lot of press, but he he must have been some kind of orator. It says this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only of the baptism of John. So when this they found this out in verse 26. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now, this speaks well of all three of these people. Apollos was teachable, and Aquila and Priscilla was thorough in wanting him to know there's more to it. And the result was, when he desired to cross into Achaia, and the brethren wrote exhorting the disciples to receive him, and when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Nathan, for discipleship to happen, you have a have one who will be trained and someone to train them, don't you? Yeah, and we see a, a picture of that here, you know, verses uh, 24 through the end of chapter 18. Uh, Paul's not in this in this story. This is kind of a background story that happens um, kind of another place and behind the scenes. I'm glad um, Luke recorded it, though. It's awesome. It does, <laughs> and I think one of, the, one of the reasons he recorded it is to show how discipleship happens. You know, Paul uh, discipled uh, Priscilla and Aquila. But here they are discipling Apollos. So really you have a picture of, you know, Paul being the first generation, uh, Priscilla, Aquila, second generation, and now Apollos, the third generation. Even though they were not the ones who led Apollos to Christ, he, he already knew Jesus. Um, and he, he had been baptized, uh, you know, uh, with, with water. Um, but there, there was an incomplete um, discipleship process that had occurred some point in Apollos's life. And, you know, God put Priscilla and Aquila in his path to help com- bring that to completion and fruition. Um, and then later in chapter 19 is where you see Apollos uh, and Paul kind of connecting. So, um, yeah, so it's a good picture of, of what um, a disciple that makes disciples that, that then makes more disciples you know, what that picture looks like. The barrier that, that you see here is that of not discipleship. You want discipleship. And here, that barrier of limited uh, exposure was overcome. 
And it happens in chapter 19 at the church at Ephesus when Paul meets Apollos, and he talks about, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And they said, we've not heard of any such thing. So Paul uh, shared with them the truth. He laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now, again, this is the power of God overcoming our limitations. Uh, isn't it amazing, Nathan? Uh, and I'm going to go back earlier to uh, something that we started out in the book of Acts. Peter, uh, we've been covering Paul since chapter 11, but Peter, uh, when Jesus was being arrested and crucified, he denied Christ and followed from afar. But when he was empowered by the Holy Spirit, he would go before the Sanhedrin and he'd say, we can't help but speak of the things we've seen and heard. The ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit that Paul is talking with Apollos and the Ephesians is very important that we have been indwelled by the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God. We can walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh, and the Spirit will lead us. Uh, this has even occurred at the Macedonian call when the Apostle Paul was wanting to go up north, but the Spirit hindered him. And it happened two nights in a row, and finally that night he had a vision of a man saying, come on over here. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives, just like it was in the book of Acts, same Spirit today who can lead us, and he'll lead us into all truth, won't he? He'll lead us to truth. He'll empower us uh, to live, to live out that truth in our lives. Um, and he gives us the boldness um, to overcome that fear, to be able to speak uh, when called upon and be able to, uh, you know, share this good news. And, and um, that's, uh, that's a, a telling mark of a, a spirit-filled believer is, is their boldness. Nathan, there's just one barrier that I uh, I did not mention it to you, but I, I've noticed it, and I'm just going to bring it up real quick. On his third missionary journey, Paul spends a lot of time in Ephesus. Matter of fact, they wanted him to stay there. Uh, I think it was tempting. He could have a place to sleep every night. He could have a ready-made group of people who supported him all the time. And he had to overcome the temptation of, of I, I don't want to use the word lays, but I'm going to use the, the word ease. The temptation, the barrier of ease when God has called you to something else. Uh, Paul, they wanted him. They begged him to stay with us. You don't have to stay. You don't have to go. You can have, and I'm painting it up in our generation you've got a good place to live you got a good congregation uh you've got a, a a decent salary we'll take care of you paul won't you just stay with us uh yeah <laughs> paul there didn't buy even, it did he and there was even prophecy you know about hey if you go on to jerusalem and you leave us um this is what you know you're going to be bound you're going to uh you know suffer and have uh, lots of lots more hardship ahead of you um and yeah, I mean, man, Paul's life was not a life of ease. Um, although you're, you know, I agree. I mean, he could have chosen that 
if he wanted to. Um, instead, he chose to follow God's call in his life. Um, I'm thinking of the list of sufferings that Paul writes about in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, if you're okay, I'll read. I'll do read a that. Little bit of that. Yes, please do. Um, he says, uh, five times I received 39 lashes from Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods by the Romans. Once I was stoned by my enemies. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in, in the open sea. On frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the open country, dangers on the sea, and dangers among false brothers. Labor and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold, and lacking clothing. And then he mentions uh, other things like the daily pressures on me, my care for all the churches. So Paul was accustomed to suffering and hardship. Um, and maybe here's a chance he ha- he could have had to, uh, you know, take it easy. And instead he chose to, to follow Jesus even into the suffering. So sometimes Christ calls us to the hard things. And speaking of that, and you introduced it, he had to overcome the barrier of fear. As you said in Acts 21, 1 through 15, the, the pronouncement is made that, that if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to suffer. Uh, Agabus came by, the verse 19, and he was very blatant on what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit said that uh, if you go up to Jerusalem, the man will be bound. And, and so when Paul heard these things, verse 13 of chapter 21 of Acts, he says, Paul said, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, it, I could not help but also think about the book of Romans when he started the book of Romans. And he talked about the gospel. He is ready to share the gospel to anybody under all circumstances. But listen to this response to, to fear. What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die for the name of the Lord Jesus. Nathan, we today in 2021, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, on the blood that was shared, shed, cross burnings, people at the stake, you look in the book of Hebrews and you see how many of those died sewn in two, pulled apart by animals. Uh, the gospel and sharing the gospel is a trail of blood, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, the uh, what is it? The uh, the seed of the church is the blood of the martyrs. Is that That's what, uh, as one said? And so, um, yeah, we, uh, man, we can't take it lightly, this call. Um, and unfortunately, you know, without um, discipleship. Uh, all right, here's here's a real question. Can you have true discipleship without suffering? You know, um, and I think that's what we've tried to devise in our lives here, in, at least in, uh, in the U.S. As Christians, we've tried to um, eliminate as much hardship and difficulty and suffering as possible, yet still, you know, 
call ourselves Christians, but can that actually, you know, can we be like Christ without suffering like Christ? Um, and I have a feeling Paul would say, you probably can't, you know, don't even yeah. try. Don't even try to do that. I heard an interview this week and uh, it was a woman who had suffered prison imprisonment in China and uh, she had to get out and she is out and free with her children, her husband now, but their desires to go back. And uh, it was asked her, how can we pray for the Christians in China? It wasn't for ease. It was the same thing I've heard just about every time when you talk to those believers that are in China and from China, pray that we will be strong in our conviction to stand for Christ. They don't pray for ease. They pray for more strength. And so the barrier of, of fear can be overcome. Paul overcame that fear by saying, I've been bought with a price and I'm ready to die. But there's another danger that happens. He finishes his third missionary journey and he comes back to Jerusalem. And sure enough, the things that Agabus said uh, he takes some people to the temple, and they accuse him of bringing Gentiles in, which is, we know uh, it was false. It's a false narrative, and they arrested him. And uh, so here it is. Uh, they, he appeals to Rome, and I, if, if I'm, I'm covering this really fast, Nathan, so if you want to go back and bring something in, feel free to interrupt and do so. But he appeals to Rome, and he gets on a ship to go, and the danger that he faces, ship, uh, traveling by ship wasn't a luxury thing back then, you know? It was yeah, dangerous. Was certain, yeah, certain times of the year you could do it, or it would be almost certain death to, you know, to travel in certain times of the year. And that scripture that you read in Corinthians demonstrate that shipwrecked, and here he faces danger. But he gets a word from the Lord there in Acts, and he says, don't let anybody get off the ship. You know, even in the midst of the danger, how many times has this happened in Paul's life? Happened in Peter. When Peter was released, he was kept in prison, but the angel came and freed him, and he went out. But in the midst of the barrier of danger, God not only speaks during the danger, but he also brings them through that danger. Uh you know, is danger one of those barriers that people say, we can't do that, it's too dangerous? Yeah, I mean, again, going back to like the desire for ease, we also desire uh, security and safety, maybe even at a deeper level. Um, and I don't know, there there might be even uh, many folks who, who, who really believe that God would not call us to uh, sacrifice um, you know, our security or safety of, of our lives or our family's lives. And, um, but you don't get that from scripture and you don't get it from Paul here. Um, and you know, you're not to be, um, flippant about the dangers and the, and the reality of, of, uh, you know, I mean, you, you take security and safety seriously, but I think what Paul would say is you take Jesus more seriously, you know, in his, his call, um, to go and make disciples has to override all other, um, other desires and even that deep down need to be secure and safe. Uh, you know, Jesus overrides that. 
And in this, if you haven't read Acts 27, you're missing out on a, an adventure. And uh, Paul tells them what to do and tells them that, and, and it, it brings about them believing. And in Acts chapter 27, verse 39, it says this, And when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach on, on two which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go of the anchors and let them in the sea. Meanwhile, losing the rudder's ropes, they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. Striking a place where two seas meet, they ran the ship aground, and the, and, the, and the prow struck fast and remained unmovable, but the stern was being broken up by the violence. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners. That was Paul, lest they should swim away. But the centurion wanted to save Paul, kept them from their purpose, and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land, and the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. So it was they that escaped safely to the land. Now, the reason I wanted to read that is how many times, two things, Paul brought people, or God brought people into favor with someone in charge of them, just like Daniel. Uh, the man that was in charge of him, he he was in favor with him. And here, the centurion, and what's amazing, every time a centurion is mentioned in the Bible, usually it's good, you know? Uh, I, I find that one of the most amazing things. But here, the centurion is the one that saves Paul's life. God put people into his life at the right time in order for him to accomplish what God had in store for him. That, that's the story of Paul, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, um, you do get the suffering and the difficulty and the hardship, but you also get the victory and the uh, reward. And uh, seeing God uh, move and act and even use uh, Paul and others, um, that's that's the that's part of the fruit of, uh, of living out that call in your life. And we come to chapter 28. He ministers at Malta. He arrives at Rome. Now, this has been his desire for quite some time. And matter of fact, on the three missionary journeys, you can see that he desired to do that. And he had to raise his funds in order to go on those three missionary journeys. The church at Antioch and the church at Philippi, as well as others, had supported him. But on this trip to Rome, uh, it is paid for. The government pays for it, although it was a difficult trip. Uh, he did not have to raise the funds to get to Rome. Uh, it makes me think of when Moses was saved out of the Nile River, that they got Moses' mother to raise him and nurse him, you know? And yeah, uh, he, yeah. and he gets to Rome, and he is, is under the leaders. He shares what's going on, but I make sure we get through, he comes under house arrest. So under house arrest, he has some freedom. Let me say this, and then Nathan, I want you to talk about the unhindered gospel quite a bit. But this is different. The end of the book of Acts and 2 Timothy when he's in prison are two different imprisonments. In Acts, when it ends, Luke ends with his story being under house arrest and having some freedom so he could receive people and write. But in the book of 2 Timothy, when he comes to the end, 
Uh, we find out he's in chains. He's probably in a dungeon, hard to find. So this is the book of Acts. And let me read verses 29, 30, and 31, Nathan, or 28 through 31. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God, teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence. And then here's the line. And this is in the uh, New King James. Other versions has it different ways, but it says, no one forbidding him. I love uh, being un unhindered. But Nathan, here he is, two years of an unhindered gospel. I think that may be the theme of the book of Acts, that the gospel le re released and doing its work will set people free, won't it? Yeah, it, it really is. Just It's the gospel. You know, it's the proclamation of the kingdom of God and the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and it's interesting that how that was done, well, it was done with full boldness, you know, with, with full boldness um, and without hindrance. That's the Holy Spirit uh, giving that boldness to, to Paul and then the power of the, you know, the Holy Spirit's power, God's power to knock down those barriers for the gospel to go, go out. And, and I do find it really interesting here that, you know, Paul was a goer, you know, his whole ministry, he, he had three, you know, journeys recorded. And as you mentioned, between uh, here in uh, the book of Acts and the, the, the letter to second Timothy, um, you know, there was possibly a fourth journey, you know, maybe he made it to, uh, to Spain. A lot of people uh, speculate. So, you know, Paul was always on the go. But here his ministry was was about staying and people would go to him and then he would send them out. He would train them and then send them out. So, you know, your your role in this gospel ministry can can change. It can uh, you could be a goer or you could be a sender. You could be a trainer. You could be a prayer. Uh but whatever it is, you know, follow God's lead in your life. The power of the Holy Spirit will be activated in your life. Um, and you'll have that same boldness and the gospel will uh, go out uh, without hindrance. When we see this, and I've said this on this program, you know, uh, the gospel works under all conditions. That's the reason we've studied this book of Acts overcoming the barriers, the obstacles, the difficulties. The gospel works in all conditions. Don't let this gospel be hid. Let this gospel be heard and seen in your life. Let it loose. Uh, isn't that basically what verse 31 is saying? Loose, let the gospel loose. Let it be seen. Let it be heard. The gospel will do the work on it. The gospel will. It's the you know power of God unto salvation for all who believe. And uh, we see that uh, in Paul's life, in the early church's uh, experience in life. And we can experience it in our own lives as well um, as we you know fulfill that great commission that God has given us. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. May God use you. May he bless you with an unhindered gospel.